You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. Our third sponsor is Diffie Ford Lincoln down in El Reno. Now, this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine, um, play a lot of golf together. I've bought my cars from them. Do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever, I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, diffieford.net, and then on Instagram at diffiefordlincoln. This episode is presented by Citizens Bank of Edmund. Citizens Bank of Edmund has been serving Edmund since 1901. They pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs. For more information, go to mycitizens.bank and follow them on Instagram at citizensedmund, as well as Go bank there because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think. And it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password because I seem to forget it daily. Um, So yeah, go to Citizens Edmund and um, check them out. It's been awesome. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike and here, host, back with another episode down in Oklahoma City today um, with, well, a very fashionable human being. Um, people listening are going to learn something about fashion today. Uh, the guys listening are going to learn how to dress properly, and the women are going to learn how to dress their man properly. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today on the podcast, Mr. Stephen Jarl. Stephen, thank you so much for uh, inviting me to your I guess new-ish shop, right? No, thank you for inviting me. Excited to dive into the story. Uh, as someone who likes to scroll and walk around and try not to spend too much money on coats, I have a thing for coats, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I grew up in the UK and all we wore was coats and jackets and all the rest of it. But um, that piece right behind you, that, like, draw my eyes draw my eyes straight away but we're going to dive into love of clothing kind of how you get into it um and just kind of your backstory because people obviously know the name uh, you've been around quite a while uh, 2005 is it started originally but the store, uh, the store started, started 2005 i've been, you've been around a little bit longer. a little bit longer than that which we'll dive into um but yeah i guess we'll start with just i mean you know we're, we're in january um start of a new year 
tell me about the last kind of you know this this new this new phase this new location how's that been and what's it been like to uh to real do quick that? before i answer that yeah i, I want to thank you for your efforts in championing all those people in oklahoma thank small you. businesses local businesses yeah. so forth that's Love awfully cool it. thank you thank you so anyway uh tell me again your question yeah tell me about this this new location and when dumb luck why did you decide un, un, to move uh, unbelievably nice i couldn't be any more pleased we decided to move because we were forced to move okay. and i won't get into the weeds sure. on that but nevertheless here we are after two temporary locations downtown we got here in uh in May of 22, we finally got in this location in which you and I are speaking right now. Um, December 22nd, believe it or not, I don't know that I would wish that uh, for any retailer, but here we are and we made it. Yeah, and you love We've it? We've made it so far and I absolutely love it. My best friends next door at Jimmy B's bring a whole lot of eyes to this store. It's a great restaurant, yeah. right? Michael's yeah, doing a good stuff. job over there, and the food is fantastic. And if you will get done with a busy day, you can just top on over for a cocktail and a That's bit of food. That's absolutely correct. Which is good and bad, right? depending on how the day's gone. Uh, so, born and raised in Oklahoma. Tell me about growing up. So, truly born and raised in Oklahoma. Uh, uh, my family tells me that I was actually born above the theater in Edmond, Oklahoma. There was actually a hospital there. Now why Edmond, Oklahoma, I don't know because I grew up in Oklahoma City, but nevertheless. Uh, I was a Ridgeview Ram. I was a Hoover Junior High Eagle. Could not wait to go to John Marshall, but unfortunately we moved away. Uh, when we came back, we, uh, glory, we came back. Uh, I was going to go to John Marshall, that iconic high school in Oklahoma. And yet we moved to Edmond. Loved Edmond, don't get me wrong. I didn't say that disrespectfully. <laughs> uh, after Edmond, I went to Oklahoma State, thinking foolishly that I was going to play baseball. Uh, I did not. Um, after kind of unceremoniously making my way uh, at OSU, I was asked to leave, went to Central State, studied business at Central State. Um, and then, uh, come to find out, I kind of lost all my family support because I was having way too much fun. So I had to have a job. Yeah. So here we go. Okay. And that first job was in retail? And that first job was not in retail. That first job was unloading boxcars in the summertime. Mike, have you ever unloaded boxcars in the summertime? Never been anywhere near a boxcar. I wouldn't suggest that. <laughs> Uh, wasn't a lot of fun, and then I accepted the next top job, which was uh, hot tarring roofs. Is that on your resume? Was it better than box? Uh, no, box it wasn't. <laughs> I learned real fast that there had to be something better out there, uh, and then that is when I made my way into retail. Okay, so going back a little bit, because I don't want to brush over this, you know. Uh, this amazing childhood that you had and hopping around universities before you figured out what you wanted to do. Uh, when, I mean, did you kind of... Does you, not everybody do that? No, no. 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 You, you, you said you're, you're into baseball, so mm -hmm. you're fairly athletic. Thought that you were going to go play college baseball. No, I was extremely uh, athletic. Extremely athletic. Let me edit that and make sure that's it there. <laughs> extremely athletic. Uh, where, did you ever have like an eye for dressing or clothing or was it you just know, like... You know, I really, athletic? look, I was... Substantially grew up in the 60s. The yeah. 60s was kind of that ending time of Ivy League. Um, 
uh, it was a time of change. Obviously, 1967 on, uh -huh. we went into the worst decade uh, in history of dress, which was the 70s. But nevertheless, I think my uh, opinions were formed all the way back to Ivy League, Bermuda shorts, uh, madras, penny loafers, no socks, that sort of thing. Who was your idol growing up then at that time? Yeah. Like no, fashion you're, idol. You're not going to believe this. Yeah. John F. Kennedy. Okay. What about JFK just drew you to the way? Other than the fact dressed? that he was a star, he sure. was American royalty. Yeah. I just thought he dressed in such an appealing, understated sort of way. I just. Yeah. That guy's got it. He's cool. I mean, he was James Dean cool, but a president. So you were crushed then when when everything went down. And uh, that was bad news. I can yeah. remember my mother picking me up at school, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Taking me home to watch all the all the news. It's crazy, right? Yep. Wow. Okay, crazy. so um, tell me about baseball at OSU. How was that? Uh, that didn't last long. No? You had a no. lot of fun? That didn't last long. I never even made it out on the field. <laughs> So, so do we really have to talk about that? No, we do not. I can cut that out as well if you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, brilliant. Love it. So you thought, you know, I'm going to go, I'm in baseball. I'm going to go do something. Um, you, you know, you said you lost the support for family, so kind of had to get a job. Um, I mean, did you, would you just have no direction at that point? Or you I just had zero think, direction. Okay. I guess I'm it was, it was way too cool for school. I yeah. mean, I thought, I thought I could do anything and accomplish anything and I didn't have to play by the rules and yeah. those sorts of things. Well, I mean, did you just think I'm just, I mean, were you riding a motorcycle, like, you know, cigarettes behind your ears, just riding around and a great time? That's an apt description. Okay. Not to get into too much trouble. Way too many bars. Yeah. So you go from the box cars, you go to tar and roofs mm -hmm. and you get your first job in retail and you think I'm inside. Three different retailers. Okay. Uh, Napoleon Nash, I'm sure you've never heard about it. That was a that was a store that originated out of Clinton, Oklahoma. He was a second generation clothier. Uh, and uh, he really created a substantial business with uh, several local locations, meaning zero disrespect. Here's what I learned from Napoleon Nash. The fashion that I didn't like and the compensation model that I didn't like. So I really took something important from this business. Mm -hmm. Not to know that I was going to use it later on in life, but. Yeah, so what were the other two? The other two was a uh, Dave Zorba's, Zorba's uh, menswear was a small little shop back when every 20 feet you had some sort of clothing store. And it was in a, <coughs> excuse me, it was in a, uh, very nice little shopping square, Penn Square, which was a beautiful outdoor mall at the time. Uh, Dave uh, really didn't have a succession plan, and he was trying to find somebody that would take over that business. So uh, Dave was a smart man, very smart merchant, um, and taught me a lot, all the administrative detail, operating detail, merchandising, uh, retail math, all that stuff. Yeah, and the third one? The third store was rather iconic in a long period of time in my life, 25 years. Harold's, I don't know if you've been around long enough to understand who Harold's is. Uh, Harold um, really uh, created a men's and ladies specialty store empire. Uh, it started in 1948 in Norman, Oklahoma. 
Uh, his second store was downtown Oklahoma City, by the way, the store in which I was employed for a short period of time, or originally hired to work in. Uh, he then grew to 50-plus stores, approximately $150 million in annual sales, and was truly not only iconic in this state, but iconic in the industry. Um, they became very corporate. I loved Harold's. I thought I was, would be there my entire life. Yeah. Uh, really inspirational and a mentor to me. I thought I would be there forever. Uh, didn't do well with that corporate sort of sure. environment and and left. Yeah, when you when you made the jump to go work for Harold's, was that kind of the time you knew you wanted to be in the business, or was it before it when you were at the other two? Uh, you know, one thing we haven't <laughs> talked about uh, the, the the my my um, my educational background, prompted by my parents, was uh, they wanted me to be a doctor. On, on one side of my family. <laughs> We have several doctors, and so I, I did honor that, and I was in pre-med, but I was taking a lot of design courses. That, coupled with the fact, if you go back to my my talk about Ivy League in the 60s, I mean, I have somewhat of a creative side. So so I, I, I knew early on I wanted to do something there. I thought it might be landscape architecture, but it ended up in, uh, in men's clothing retail. Yeah. Harold's was... Uh, uh, truly a lifestyle. I mean, it was a feeling. It was, uh, you walked into their stores and you were immediately esteemed. Your lifestyle was, the level of your lifestyle was raised to that kind of American aristocracy because he too was smitten by Ivy League and he was the first store west of the Mississippi to bring an Ivy League style yeah. to this part of the country. Yeah. So at a young age then, you figured out that, like, this is what I want to do. Do you remember I was that? pretty young. Do I you mean, I was, what moment? was I, 24, 22? Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And I, don't, I don't know that I was conscious of that. I, yeah. I, I did well. Sure. I, I think the biggest thing is I really, really enjoyed making friends. I enjoyed presenting a product. I enjoyed uh, presenting a specific ideal and a lifestyle and that whole sort of uh, boring thing to talk right. about. But. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, you know, you've got people coming in the store, right? You've got, to, you've got to sell them, but you've also got to build a relationship with them and build regulars and learn how to dress them. And there's seasons, there's times, and, you know, you build one customer, you, you, you're addressing them for the year and years to come. So I think you've hit upon friends. something that is extremely important, mm -hmm. certainly important about this business. It's not a commodity business. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a customer service business. It's making friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Harold, you spent a lot of time there, and obviously, you know, other than the corporate side of things, you were really enjoying yourself, and I guess if the corporate stuff didn't come around or didn't, you know, because there's all P&Ls and this, you got to do this, and it, it takes it away from becoming a relationship business, when was that moment then that you thought, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing, and it's the time is now? Like, or did you have that kind of as an I, inkling early on? I think they got tired of this incorrigible character fighting the corporate way. Yeah. They probably asked me to leave. <laughs> and you're like, this is all I know. I may as well do my own. Yeah. Where was uh, I actually? I actually, this is a true story. Uh, to answer your question, I was there for 25 years. I would say the last eight years was spent writing a business plan. Now that okay. that, that sounds bad, not right? really, because I'm working somewhere sure. and I'm. 
yeah. I'm doing something else. But I, but I will tell you, I was uh, forthright enough to talk with Harold. I took Harold to lunch, and I told him what I was going to do. And I said, I want you to come with me. I know that's a little bold, but uh, so in other words, I want you to back me. Yeah. And he, he, he was really very kind. He said, I'm extremely flattered, Steve, and I've really enjoyed our time together. He said, but I must tell you, you are absolutely going to fail. <laughs> so, I wish you the best, but you'll be back here in six months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, 25 years is a long time to spend anywhere. Mm -hmm. You must have some great stories from those days of, you know, and you said, like, if you shop there, you know, you're kind of, you are something and somebody. You must have bumped into some great characters and have some great stories from those days. So if, if you don't mind sharing, I would love to hear. And I don't, you know, this is, uh, as Oklahomans, I figured out we don't like to name drop much, but I'm going to give you full permission to name drop anybody that you want to. And most of them I probably won't know, but maybe our listeners will. Well, let me, let me, so. let me keep it kind of, kind of light, if I, if I may. I originally started in, in downtown Oklahoma City, and at that time downtown was absolutely a festival, and it was really a joy to go to work every day. They soon moved me to a location called 50 Pen. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with the building or not. And down the hall from Harold's at 50 Pen was another store, as a matter of fact. You've done a podcast with her, and I thought it was extraordinary, and that's Ballyatt's. And Ballyettes would, uh, for whatever the reason, attract all the celebrities that came into Oklahoma City. So um, I had a chance to meet, as an example, Rock Hudson, which, who shopped at Harold's, who, th who thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Because back then, those guys dressed in this way. They don't do that today. Uh, uh, so that's one right off the top of my head. I'll, I'll, I'll probably not mention some of the local titans that I met over the years, but I, but I, but I did have the good fortune to sit out on the couch and have a beer with one of our governors, and yeah, I can go on and on with those stories. But I'm sure you can. Uh, do you still dress those clients now? Do they follow you to to your own thing? You know, I, again, that that fortune follows me. I, I, we've got a lot of people that come in yeah, that yeah. Have, are very very accomplished in their life and. Yeah, so I mean, it says a lot about the business that you build and, and the friendships that you've made, right? Just like, lucky. Yeah. Just like my location. Yeah, hey, it happens. You got one is one of my favorite golf quotes from Gary Player. It's not, I mean, you know, just you hit the, the more you practice, the luckier you get. Um, you know, you've just got the more bats, you know, the more hits at bat, the luckier you get, whatever it is, right? Yeah, like it's, well, I mean, no people kidding. call it I mean, luck, but you've been in the business for I mean, over 25 years. So. You get up, you go to work every day, notice to the grindstone, and, and good things happen. Yeah, so. Harold's then obviously a great education kind of you know got learned a lot from those from those years learned good and bad what to do what not to do um, where did you open up your first location for yourself for the first location was I, I may get this wrong it's at Grand in May okay. I believe it's called Country Club Village Plaza quaint location charming location wonderful location yeah. neighborhood location um, I would probably still be there today, okay. but God rest his soul, Aubrey McClendon, Chesapeake, twisted my arm to move to Class and Curve, which was a, Class and Curve was a great vision, <coughs> not only for his company, but right. Northwest Oklahoma City. Yeah. So Class and Curve then was my second location. Okay. 
what I mean like you said you've been building this business plan for eight years and you finally you know either forced or just hey you know it's time for you to leave the, the corporation company you're going to go out on your own tell me about it what's that what's going through your head what's state uh, of your life at the time uh, that was a that was a lot of uh, value selling to people that I know I was, as Harold will tell you by the way Harold Powell he was very fortunate to have a friendly landlord that is to say his family owned his original location yeah uh, wow that helps on rent um I had a very friendly banker, and I had very, very supportive equity partners, okay. and that made things a whole lot easier. To go in business at a time in which, I'm guessing, fast forward to today, retail is not real attractive for banks to fund. Okay. So I was very fortunate at the time. We put that store in. Uh, we put in a very, very tasteful store. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, I was fortunate people knew me, and we... Yeah, we hit the ground running. Has your like your clothing store evolved in like over the years as far as like following the trends, or have you kind of stuck to a core business model of we do this style very well? This is what you we we our approach to merchandising, if that is what you're asking me, is 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 one of timeless value. Right now, you you hear that phrase a lot. Truly, we have a collection of pieces in this store, a collection of fashion, but it's really more of a uh, of a psychology of dress than anything else. Okay. Every one of these pieces in this store today, there's not one that you could find that hasn't been here at least since the 30s. Now, wow, perfect timing because I think vintage is the trend today. <laughs> But, but, but the point I'm trying to make is it's got some staying power. There's an appreciation to the aesthetic value of this, where today it's, it's more about the way you wear something than what you wear. Okay. Dive into that for me. Tell me about just, obviously you have a passion, some might call it an obsession, um, about clothing and, and being a clothier and the way that you dress people and everybody's different. And you just mentioned the word psychology as well. Where does that come from? Where do you learn about it? I mean, obviously you've been in it for a long time, but you know, we're, we're, there's books everywhere, um, you know, as well. So, you know, are you going home at night researching, you know, jumping on the internet, looking at styles, trans fashions? Like, what, I don't, where does I don't, that love of it yeah, come from? Yeah, I don't do as much of that today. I can, sure. I can, I can name a couple. Of, well, first of all, I'm going to go back to my mentor, Harold Powell. Okay. I've, I've listened to Harold lecture time and time and time again. So it is now ingrained uh, the way you ought to dress. Yeah. Uh, there are two books, Alan F- uh, Flusser's first edition and his second edition are comprehensive and extraordinarily well-written. Uh, today, fast forward to today, uh, the only thing out there today that I think is worthy, as a matter of fact, Alan Flusser even endorsed it, and that is Ivy uh, Dash League dot com okay. writes uh, a certain number of blogs that are really really interesting so I keep talking about this Ivy League notion and Ivy League really sounds old it's it's not old it's a it's a uh, it's really kind of a social phenomenon that uh, for centuries decades has not changed and that is simply this 90 percent of the population uh, is intrigued and typically embraces what 10% has. 
Okay, so whether it be British royalty, going all the way back to the 20s, which really, you could argue, introduced this. Some people argue it was actually 1895 Brooks Brothers, but <coughs> I would prefer to think it was the Prince of Wales that did this. Um, there was a, uh, there was a uh, reluctant accepted acceptance to a few pieces. And those pieces were worn in creative fashion by the individuals. They happened to be students in the Ivy League school. And so who were those students? Those students were um, American royalty. They were the next titans of industry. Um, and at that time, America took notice. Now, they could have been uh, Hollywood. Could have been politicians, whomever they were, that was our cue of how to dress. And that lasted all the way up until the 60s. Had a, remember, another renaissance in the 80s with preppy, kind of a wussy sort of way of talking about it, but nevertheless, that's what it was. So anyway, that's this clothing. That has not changed. I would insist to you that will never change. It is... Uh, it is never dressing up, but always dressing well. Uh, it is simply uh, changing what others might consider as an older style with a current relative way of wearing it. I don't know that I answered your question. No, I, I mean, I get off on tangents. So my next question was going to be, what is I just throw me a book, <laughs> yeah. throw a book at me and yeah. I'll stop. No, you're good. Um, so yeah, so 2005, you start on your own. Everything's going well. You Like I said, you have great backers and it takes the stress off everything. Um, do you think, it, what, in the business plan, was this, I'm going to just have one store? I'm going to have multiple stores like Harold's? Like how big did you kind of dream? Never never dreamed to be the next Neiman's. Never dreamed okay. to be Harold's too. I wanted, I wanted a, 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 I wanted to earn a living. Yeah. But I, I just simply wanted a comfortable store uh, that was very fraternal, that was really more about making friends than anything else. And, and that's that's genuine. That's, yeah. that's very true. Did any of the athletic stuff ever come back around, like the baseball stuff? Of, I mean, clothing-wise? You can, you can ask my daughters. Yeah. Uh, I still feel like that... Um, that Andre Agassi and I are kindred spirits. <laughs> uh, I can play golf with the best of them. Yeah, I, I've got an athletic ego, which is terribly misguided. But well, I mean, to be very good at athletics, you have to have a bulletproof mind. So <laughs> you know, good and bad at athletics, I guess. Uh, let's talk about golf for a little bit, since you know golf and, and golf fashion has kind of like gone through it up and down. Um, it's I don't think it's good right now. I don't think it's been good for a long time. Well, well, because well, the golf thing's kind of preppy too, right? The golf's you know, generally, if you meet someone who's a golfer and you see them after they play golf, generally they look, you know, khaki. The real irony yeah. in golf attire is, how did we get here? Right. Yeah. I mean, it was the ultimate country club sport, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, I mean, do you ever have a lot of golfers? That, I assume there's a lot of golfers that come in that are just kind of like, you dress if, them for the golf if, course. If, 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 if I were able to do it, yeah. I, would, I would take somebody off the tour and dress them like, um, I've lost his name, in Tin Cup. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, 
just did the, the Yellow, just did the Yellowstone series. Yeah, and I'm and I'm very serious about that. There is nothing more elegant and graceful than, than his attire. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Thank yeah. you. His yeah. attire in ten. In ten cut. God, what a great movie. Um, yeah, that. Look, I'm all for I'm all for dressing down. I, I, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm all for it. But 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 there's still a correct way to dress down. There is still an elegant way in which we can dress down. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be so slovenly. It doesn't have to be as if we've just come out of the gym or finished cleaning the garage. And when did that happen? Yeah. That's because of Lululemon, I think, right? <laughs> and some other. Which companies. is a phenomenon. That's a that. I mean, seriously, that's a that's another podcast. That's a phenomenon. But <laughs> how how do you go about educating people then to dress down but still dress well and and the style that you guys have in this in in this establishment? I think one of our one of our I want to believe one of our competitive advantages is the presentation of the store, and then extended through our website. I, I, it is a very visual presentation that I think is. Uh, comfortable, approachable, very appealing. Um, that's the start. Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that, it is um, uh, it's just educating, edifying one as to what they need, what they don't need, what yeah. they like, what they don't like. Yeah. This is who we are. You mentioned um, your daughters earlier. Obviously, Becca's in the business. Uh, what's that like having family in the business, helping you out? Without my family, I wouldn't be where I am today. I, I say that with almost a tear in my eye. That's a true story. They, they, they may not suggest that. I'm probably not the nicest. I'm the, not the easiest person to work with, but they are absolute stars. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's special, right? You get to work with, you know, family most days or every day and um, it's great when they have a skill that helps the business too they're not just sucking sponging money from you because they want a job they're 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 all good and there's needed support there welcome support yeah. there yeah. you mentioned it earlier. they are the next generation too i hope yes that that would be great to have this um continue on yep. long after you and, and long after them to keep going uh you mentioned kind of british royalty um I'm a lover of James Bond. Uh, I think I grew up as da as Pierce Brosnan being my James Bond, and now Daniel Craig. Uh, Bond is always someone I've kind of looked up to as like just the way that they dress and the you know, way that they dress. The Bonds have done very well. Um, you mentioned British royalty earlier as well. Uh, do you have any? Not not say like moments, but you know, there's so many icons in kind of this style, right? And, and especially in Britain and the UK, and you look at, um, you know, the, the Jude Law or, you know, even now Tom Hardy and all the other actors that are coming up. What were the British icons back in the day when you were thinking about it and, and dressing and looking at and pulling inspiration from? Was there any? Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, I, I know he's, I, I don't know whether he's held in high regard, but I'm going to go back to the Prince of Wales who yeah. truly started all this. Um, you know, he took a, he took a very proper approach to dress, dressed it down, just like you and I were talking about it, softened it, gave it a sporting sort of appeal. Um, uh, so I, that's the start for me and everything that he did. 
it evolved from there, uh, to be sure. Uh, I liked Bond. I liked the original Bond. I don't know that I liked. I liked Sean Connery. I thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> it was a. He was a man's man. Uh, that sort of look was a very uh, proper British sort of tailoring. That's not what the Duke of Windsor was doing. He was doing things a little softer and tweedier and so forth and so yeah, on. So yeah. somewhere in between the two is where I am. Yeah, I do love a bit of tweed every now and then. I don't, I don't get to wear it as often out here as I'd like. I mean, it's cold at the moment, so maybe I'll have to wear some soon. But it's... Um, and I don't I haven't worn a flat cap in a long time. Uh, That's funny. Is that what you call it? Yeah, well, a die cap is what we call it back in Wales. But yeah, yeah flat cap is the easier, easier way for people to understand. what if I said die cap, everyone would be like, "You have no idea what you're talking about." Where, where, where uh, I got to do a bit of geography. Do I have time? Yeah, of course. Where is Wales to Ireland? Right across the water. Okay, literally straight across. So we carry a product called Enish. I'm probably mispronouncing okay, sure. this. Enish Mons, which is on an island. Yeah. Somewhere in between the two. Prettiest stuff I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. God. They're all knitwear. Sweaters. They were made. They, they, the business was for Irish uh, uh, fishermen. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's some of the... I mean... And there's so many different colors woven into it, and it's just... Oh, it's beautiful. The, I love scrolling, like, the Harris Tweed website, just to kind of see what patterns and... I have a phone case back in the day before, like you had to click on a phone case. Now it was just like a sleeve that's a Harris Tweed one and then it's in my office somewhere. I never use it. Um, back to the business then. You've been super successful in business uh, and, and going out on your own and learned a lot from, from you know, obviously working for Harold's for 25 plus years. But what sets you apart in, you know, your business, um, whether it's in the store or just your personal style? Like what sets you apart then uh, compared to your competition? Well, I think two things. One uh, is, is probably a bit tried to hear it from everybody, and that is customer service. Um, uh, but I'm, I truly believe and I'm absolutely confident that our customer service is unassailable um, because it truly is about making friends and understanding why they're in this store. It's a, it's a fraternal atmosphere. Not only do they know me, I know them, but they know everybody else that's in the store. Yeah. Uh, secondly, and more importantly, is really kind of the entertainment side of the business, and that's the presentation of the clothing. Okay. And so, what is the clothing? We've talked a little bit about the origins of the clothing. We know what that is. We know it's a collection of pieces that are timeless. But there are also pieces in which are curated uh, uh, really with a, a tasteful, driven ethos. Um, is, is taste subjective? Perhaps, uh, but there, I, I would venture to say there's nothing in this room that, that you would consider not tasteful. We choose vendors that are like-minded with us. They're generally smaller family businesses. Uh, and we choose product for this market that you otherwise have to go out of town to find this product. I, I will not have anything in this store that's not exclusive. Um, and look, I'm proud. We've made our way in the world. We can develop product, too. We literally uh, design the product. That is to say, not actually the architecture of it, but the fabrics, 
the colorations, the fit, things of that nature, and we proudly put our label on it. As a matter of fact, I'd rather sell you a product with the Stephen Giles label on it than I would some of our partners, uh, which are marvelous, marvelous additions to the store. Yeah. Uh, so I want to believe those things, customer high customer service, and uh, product presentation and the entertainment thereof is our competitive advantage in the marketplace. Yeah. What, when did you stop putting your own name on things? When did that come in? We, we were probably in business about five years. Uh, how I argued my way into doing that, I don't know. And let me tell you, it's getting harder and harder and harder to do every day. This notion that production, on the production side of the business, the wholesale side of the business, has to be this, um, what's the term, omni-marketing, but there's a term in there somewhere. You understand what I'm trying to say. Um, <clears throat> they want their brand on it. Yeah. I'm trying to develop my own brand. I have developed my own brand, and I insist on doing that going forward, so. Yeah. We will endeavor to continue. Brilliant. You've been in business since 2005, gone through a lot of ups and downs. Uh, 08, 09, that must have not Tough. been an easy time, right? Tell Tough. me about that. We, we were on our way. We were ahead of plan. Uh, I'm not a numbers guy. I care less about numbers. I think numbers take you down. But nevertheless, uh, 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 our first two years were really extraordinary, more than I could ask for. And then 2007 hit lasted till 2010, and literally took us down half of what our volume was. Yeah. Uh, but we made it. Yeah. How? How do you get through that? As a, as, a, as a fairly new store, how do you get through that as a business owner? As I mean, obviously you got... You know, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you the, the simple answer. I mean, we were we well-funded. Were I mean, it, it just... Uh, we, uh, we mind our P's and Q's. I mean, we're, we're pretty prudent on the expense side of the business if we yeah. want to start getting that dry. But we also, we also had cash behind us. Uh, that is a comfort, and that helps you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tremendously. And why does that help you? Because you've got, you've got a checkbook to buy, and you always want to put your best foot forward. Yeah. When did you guys make the move to kind of have an online presence, or was that started from day one? We really don't. We okay. really don't. And I think that is difficult for a store like this. Yeah. Uh, let me get back to you talking about Harris Tweeds and me talking about Enos Mond sweaters and so forth and so on. Yeah. Those are touchy feeling sort of things. You lose that on a flat screen of online. Yeah. Um, I, I do believe that online is a, is a second generation marketing for us. Um, about the technology isn't there for what I really want to do. That is yeah. to say, I want to take that computer screen and put you in that computer screen in the store. Now, uh, that may be available today, um, but maybe cost prohibitive. Yeah. I don't know. So Ralph Lauren's probably the closest to doing that. Yeah. Talk, I mean, talking of 0809 tough times, and you just mentioned kind of you'd rather get people in. One thing you couldn't do was go through the last two and a half years, well, thankfully we're on the other end of it now, but 2020 to 2022 with this horrendous virus that came through and stopped people from coming in the store. So how do you go through that too with wanting, you know, you couldn't get people in the store to feel the problem. I don't know that I knew what our future was going to be. I mean, those were, was, de was that those were desperate times for everybody. But yeah. I, uh, uh, my son worked 
with me at that time, yeah. and not selfishly, but selflessly, he left to take care of his children. If wow. his wife would have left her job, she would have lost her job. Gotcha. I think he knew his comfort was he would always have a job here, but more importantly, he happened to have a friend that uh, allowed him to work for him. So, so Brent left. I'm by myself. I came to work every single day, as many people did. I didn't do anything different yeah. from anybody else, even though we weren't open, you say. We weren't. I sat there with those doors shut, lights off, and wrote people every day single minute of the day just asking them if they were doing well, wishing them the best. Yeah. Were we rewarded after that? I want to believe we were, yes. Oh, I'm sure. We came back pretty fast. Yeah, no one writes handwritten notes anymore, yeah. right? Like, yeah. where, where does that come from? Because that's not that's something that, That's Harold? That's Harold. Okay. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, today? which, by the way, was one of my arguments. Once they got really corporate and started printing everything, that. I said, no, I want to handwrite thank yous. I mean, yeah. that's the proper thing to do. Yeah. So you just all, pretty much all day, every day? All day, every day for, what, February yeah. to June? I can't remember what it right. was. But. Yeah. And do you still And many others day? did. Look, well, I'm sure. not. I'm, I'm just, but, like, I, I'm interested in, like, you know, what makes you, you, right? What makes you unique and what yeah. makes your business succeed? And by a lot of people could have just sat down, applied for a loan or whatever it is that the government was giving them assistance and just kind of taken the time off, got fat and just had a great time, right? But obviously, you know, you, you care a lot still. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's ever going to change, but it's just, I love hearing that, right? Yeah. That you well, just, your, your next meal comes from your efforts, right? right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of the, the just the clothing side a bit more um, give some consumer advice to people uh, I guess what would be your statement pieces for any man say if I came in here today and said I need to build a wardrobe what's your what's the statement pieces the, the, without question without argument the first piece that I'm going to put on your back is a navy blazer Okay. A navy blazer is the accepted dress instead of wearing a dark suit and a windbreaker thrown on with a pair of jeans. It is the single most important item in your wardrobe. Okay. Okay? The next two things, because a man does need a suit. There are occasions that a man needs a suit. Arguably, navy blue is the dressiest suit you could own, as it is, by the way, the dressiest tux you can own. The theory being navy absorbs light, black reflects light. So, anyway, uh, that's a bit of technical right? But anyway, uh, and then charcoal gray. If you have those three pieces, 10 years ago, 20 years ago you were set, and today you're set. Yeah. How about um, shoes? Uh, you're talking to a guy that wears nothing but slippers. Um, uh, you could you could argue that in a dress sense that a brogue is necessary. I'm going to say no. Some sort of plain-toed shoe is necessary. I just happen to like a slipper. I mean, they're they're sleeker. They're more flattering. I like the aesthetic. Yeah. That's shoe world. And we're not we're not big in the shoe business. Shoe business is difficult. I mean, your Very, inventory costs yeah. are extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, I went to I went home to a wedding at Christmas, and the groomsmen were all in velvet jack, black velvet jackets, and 
I have a velvet tux, but it's the lapel is satin. But this was the first time it was just velvet everywhere, which I love because you can kind of dress it up or dress it down. What's your thoughts on velvet? I like it. I love it. As a matter of fact, I always have. We've got a velvet shoe sitting over there that is our formal shoe of choice. But sand socks and thrown on with a pair of jeans is the coolest look you can do. Same thing holds true with that velvet jacket. Now, that's hard to do. You're obviously not going to do that with silk or grow grain appointments. But if the lapel is a self lapel, not only does it give you a nice dinner jacket, but it gives you that cool piece to throw on with a pair of jeans. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of the best pieces you can own. Yeah. Yeah, it was There's a lot of, quote, frivolous pieces like that that are very, very neat. Yeah, I was thrilled when, when, he, when he called and said, hey, we're wearing these. I'm like, yes, I've yeah. got to keep that for a yeah. long time. That's a great look. Uh, you mentioned dressing down earlier. There's ways to dress down well. Tell me about that. I think the way you tie your tie, it's, it's, it's difficult without showing, but the way you tie your tie, a four-in-hand tie rather than a uh, very pert uh, Windsor tie, um, the type of collar. I love Kennedy collars. Those are short little points. I obviously, as you can see, what I'm wearing, uh, like a spread collar. Every collar is a spread. I'm getting technical sure. here. This happens to be a very wide spread. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I lost. Dre just dressing down. You see, you know, you you seem to hate. Well, and so not hate. And, and so it's word. it's it's really more about the detail and the nuances of the way you wear things. Okay. Now, are you are the are you that sort of individual that is so meticulous? Your the bottom of your necktie has to be a particular spot on your trouser, or you just tie the darn thing and tuck it into your pants. That's dressing down. Yeah. That's the best example that I have in a <laughs> in a formal sense. Not wearing socks. Some people might think that's roguish. That's dressing down. <laughs> Uh, rather than wearing a formal Chesterfield top coat, you're going to wear a big, full, heavy polo top coat. Uh, or you might even wear a three-quarter length Enishman sweater over your jacket. Those are dressing downs. Yeah, not what that people listening do not. They're probably thinking of like sweatpants and hoodies and, and no, no. you know that, that's, that's what they dressing think is poorly. Dressing. <laughs> Some people may say comfort. Yeah. Uh, no, it is in, comfortable, in the, to be sure. In your yeah. own home, yeah. it is, right? Uh, and let me, let me make sure that I state this. I, 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 however you want to dress is fine with me. Yeah. The one good thing about clothing, especially worn well, is to, to that point is that you, know, you don't have to spend an outrageous amount of money to look well. Right? To look good, especially if you get it tailored and it fits you well. It's amazing how far a tailored item of clothing goes. Now, you've got to spend a bit of money, of course, but you don't, you know, the amount of money that some people are spending on sweatpants at the moment, you could equally spend that money on dressing and looking a little better. Uh, do you guys do in-house tailoring here, or do you, do you kind of send people we to have a cut. We're, we're, we're fortunate. We're actually pretty good on the custom side of the business. Okay. So, yeah. so we have, uh, we're not uh, Seville Row, but uh, we do have about as close as you can get to bespoke tailoring. Yeah. And we do a, quite a bit of that. Yeah. Um, obviously, Sour Row is very iconic in, in the fashion world uh, in London and all over. Tell me about any of your travels. Have you been fortunate enough to travel around, see, and, and be, and, and go and really kind of, like you mentioned earlier, getting in the stores and feeling the products? Have you had much chance to travel and, and 
experience and I have a trem- I have a tremendous number of friends in the industry. Okay. Uh, very fortunate. Uh, every Friday evening of market in New York, set with twenty one men who are literally icons in the industry. Yeah. Uh, that is about the extent of my travels in hearing their stories. Okay. I've never gone to Italy. Uh, I've been prompted to go to Italy at least at least once every other year. I have not. That's kind of the start of everything. Uh, I, I choose to go to New York for the sophistication that New York offers, a little more worldly view of what's going on. Um, but I have been to almost all the iconic stores out there, yeah. although one needs to go no further than the New York uh, Brooks Brothers store, sadly closed today. Uh, Polo's Madison Avenue store, if you want to see presentation, there is nothing close in the world. Yeah. Um, so I have seen those, yes. So you mentioned those 21 men. Tell me about the stories, the best stories that you had from those meeting those guys and the stuff you've learned. And obviously, you know, the kind of Italian style is different. And, and you know, like there's... It, also, what you just said, too, about presentation in the store. It's not just clothing. It's the way that you present it, too. So I'm interested in, you know, the, the, not the trade secrets, but just the amazing things you've learned from those guys in New well, York. Well, give, give me a minute to think of names because yeah. I'm getting old and I can't remember. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll, just, we'll hit another question and we'll... What do you think the modern man is missing from his, um, from his the way that they care about clothing? Because it doesn't seem like back to kind of, you know, people just seem to throw up, throw up no one's really making statements or taking taking care in the way that they dress. Anyway. Yeah, I don't. Back I don't, to what you know. Back I don't to know that there's today a real foundational awareness to yeah. what a man ought to wear. The 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 unwritten rules are are really not uh, do not go down from one generation to another. But 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 the biggest issue is 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 the retail side. I mean, there's okay. nobody out there that understands what's going on. Nobody can relate the story, um, can deliver the message in any resonating sort of way. It's just, I mean, we're we're in a tough time. We, we really are. Yeah. Uh, and also, too, you, you talked about how easily it is to get on Instagram and find this and find that. My gosh, there's so many mixed messages out there. You don't know what's true and what's not true. There's, I don't know that there is a defined authority anymore. There used to be a defined authority just by you turning on the TV or opening the newspaper and seeing again those titans of industry and politicians and Hollywood icons and stuff. Yeah. It's not there today. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's on YouTube. Hopefully it's here, <laughs> but well. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned kind of like some statement pieces earlier. What are the you know, what are the don'ts to have as a man in their wardrobe or things that you should never do, like mixing colors or whatever it is? Like, what are the just, you know, Stephen Giles might crucify you if you, if you walk in the store looking like this. Um, I, I think the poorest thing that a man can do is wear ill-fitted clothing. That starts with the fit and moves to the tailoring. Um, only exceeded by clothing that's not laundered correctly. It's dirty, it's not pressed. I mean, everybody can do those two things, right? Pay attention to the actual fit that you need, pay attention that's tailoring that might be needed, and have your clothes cleaned and pressed. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I, I've easier said than done, I would, I, would, I would buy the best that you can possibly afford. 
it's not about quantity. It's about quality of your purchase. Um, I think America is slow. Europe has had that. I think America is slowly but surely learning that. As a matter of fact, I think there's going to be a renaissance of the way we dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're here for it, right? Come, come on down. Hopefully. <laughs> Teach you everything you need to know. We just had Christmas. Is Christmas a fun time for you to kind of dress people up for party season and then just kind of... Christmas is a fun time. If you like a frenetic pace, yeah. if you like working a room, if you like all your friends over, Christmas is a fun time. Yeah. Both in terms of what they might need for events, but, but also the gifts. It's, it's really enjoyable to thoughtfully select something for somebody else. That's, yeah. What, is the, what are some of the best gifts that you've given and received then over the years? <laughs> oh gosh, given and received. Uh, I received a uh, twice. I received trips once to uh, Boston. Uh, I did a little summer school, two successive summer schools outside of Boston. I had not been back to Boston. Kelly surprised me uh, with that trip, and the other one was to D.C., which was fascinating. I don't know that I'd go there today, but yeah. So receiving, giving, I don't know that I've ever, I, hopefully I've given some nice <laughs> gifts. I, Beck is here. Beck, do you have any, <laughs> any great gifts that dad has given you? I'm lucky I have a dad that can pick clothes out and they actually look nice. <laughs> yes. Do you, uh, do you, I guess this might be a fine line. Do you dress the kids and your wife too or do you let them kind of just guide them? And all, I mean, or is that too far for a family? I, I, uh, I, I used to. Now all of a sudden they've, they've acquired this know-it-all sort of way about them. I, I don't seem to do as well today as what I used to. Yeah. No, I used to no dress them head to toe. <laughs> None of the, you're not going out of the door wearing that. <laughs> no, they were really, they were, they were, they were always really yeah. pretty good. But they've, they've got their definite opinions about things. They've created their own personal style, and that's who we are. I don't, uh, uh, I'm here to guide you. Ultimately, the best dressed out there have their own personal style. Yeah. yeah. And wear it with absolute confidence. Right? Absolutely. Just not worry that, about that, it. I mean, to, that is style. Those, they are synonymous with one another. Self-assured yeah. and confident. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about accessories. Mm-hmm. Um, watches, belts, glasses. I mean, it all kind of adds into, you know, your pocket square. It all adds into the fit and it's kind and of the, the define it's kind of the defining yeah. moments of your look there's no doubt about it you might argue that that when a man steps in the room you're going to notice those subtle little details whether it be the watch in which he chooses to wear the watch band that accompanies that watch the horn rim glasses whatever it is that he has the way he puts his pocket square in yeah yeah, socks or no socks. Yeah, uh, is there any do's? I think it's very important. Yeah, fact. and then you take a lot of pride in those details and and kind of pass that on to your clients as well. I try to. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. We do it all the time. I mean, I don't. I don't know that a day goes by where we offer a presentation that we're not showing all those things. It almost, it almost becomes natural in the presentation. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a little bit. You mentioned it earlier, um, you know, the presentation of the Polo store and, and the Brooks Brothers store, sadly, that's closed. How do you learn that? Because when, when I walked in earlier, I was just like, this is, looks fantastic. Everything seems to be in the right place, and I just want to throw money at you when you dress well, me. Well, uh, look, it's, it's whether it's, totally. I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know that you have to have a creative bone in your body. I think you have to have a willingness 
to understand a particular taste level. And I think everybody has the capabilities of doing that. Whether it is you seeing a mannequin or whether it is this is the way I want to dress. That's kind of where it all starts. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but it's, uh, as I told you, it always intrigued me. People that were so very well dressed, that intrigued me. Uh, all you've got to do is look at Ralph Lauren's store and see that uh, lifestyle theater presentation, that attitude on all the mannequins. I mean, if you're not smart enough to copy that. Yeah. Uh, have you ever walk down the catwalk yourself over the years? No. No? No. Never want to do that? No. Uh, no. Have you dressed people to do that in men's fashion yes. shows? Many, 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 many times. How much fun is that? Uh, 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 it is both fun and frustrating. <laughs> so I, can, I can assure you. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for oh, taking out of your time. I, I enjoyed it. I, uh, I will come back and shop and uh, I need to assess my finances first and come back because I want to be, you know, I, hey, I need to dress. I think you've got a great so, James Dean look on. Believe I appreciate me. that. Cool look. Uh, we, just, we need to throw a beat up denim jean jacket on and you're in like four. Done. I need to get a motorcycle and I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for people listening. I will put the uh, Instagram, social media, all the website links down below and uh, come on by uh, down literally right next to Jimmy B's. Come on down. You can shop and then go over there and get some food. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. And we will catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at oklahomahof. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and our third sponsor is diffie ford lincoln down in el reno now this one makes me so happy because these guys are great friends of mine um play a lot of golf together i've bought my cars from them do most of my oil changes down there, have a cup of coffee, hang out down in El Reno. It's a good spot to go. And not only are they great friends, but they provide a great service. So for over 60 years, a third generation family owned Oklahoma business down in El Reno. They're also in Bethany as well. So people in the Bethany area know the Diffies really well. But if you're looking for anything new used, um, Ford, Lincoln, or whatever. I'm sure they could find anything you want. Um, check them out, DiffieFord.net, and then on Instagram at DiffieFordLincoln. This episode is presented by Citizens Bank of Edmund. Citizens Bank of Edmund has been serving Edmund since 1901. They pride themselves on investing in the community and are here for all your personal and business banking needs. For more information, go to MyCitizens.Bank and follow them on Instagram at CitizensEdmund, as well as... Go bank there because I bank there too. It's been a fantastic personal experience for me. I've had my podcast account there now, my podcast business account there now for a few, four years now, I think. And it's been fantastic. So definitely worth your time. They're a great group of people and they're always there to answer the phone when I forget my password because I seem to forget it daily. Um, so yeah, go to Citizens Edmund and um, check them out. It's been awesome. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.